she was desperate. She began to blame me and everything. Then my manager that was that told me that the stocks are going to go bad came back to me and said, Dick I told you about this matter when we were investing this money, that this is a bad company to invest in. What are you going to do now? Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market Online course, the complete proven step-by-step -step course to guide you from novice to confident investor. To get an amazing 35% discount on this course or any other courses, go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guests, Dippo Ahindero. Dippo, are you yes. ready to rock? I'm ready to rock. All right. Now, Dippo is an independent analyst and was a head of research of a midsize mm -hmm. asset manager before pursuing his master's degree. He's been in the research and investment banking space for over 10 years, and he also has a passion for human resource management, having previously worked in that area. Dippo, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Yeah, thank you. So my name is Dipo Ehinero. I was head of research for a mid-size asset manager in Lagos, Nigeria here. And we had an asset under management of about $25 million really at that time. I mean, it was growing. So I grew up in Lagos, schooled in Lagos. I went to two universities. First of all, a polytechnic before I moved on to the university a foremost university in Nigeria, Covenant University, which is represented to be the best university in Nigeria today. So I'm married because I've been very busy at work. So I am a fan of football, of course. All Nigerians like football a lot. So I want the EPL a lot, the English Premiership League a lot. So I Did do you play football things. when you were young? Yes, I, I, I played football and volleyball. I even won a gold medal in the community sports festival. Fantastic. Yeah, so I'm a really very good volleyball player. That's great. How, how tall are you? If you're a good volleyball player, do you have to be tall? Uh, you just have to be very skillful and very alert. Very alert at what is happening around your environment so the ball does not go past you. But if you're a basketballer, you need to be tall. Yeah. You need to be extremely tall. Yeah. You know, I was recently talking to someone about basketball. And I was talking about the course that I have where I teach about investing for beginners. And I tell people that most people have the wrong focus when they are thinking about investing, particularly beginners. I say it's a little bit like if a young person looked at a basketball player and say, what does it take to be good basketball player? They can say, you have to be tall, you have to be fast, and you have to be strong. And if that young person said, I'm going to focus my energy at getting better at one of these things. And you say, oh, that's good. Focus. And they say, I'm going to focus at getting taller. Huh? You're going to say you're focused yeah. on the wrong thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Most, most people, though this is a, an attribute that's important, most people focus, for instance, in the stock market, they oftentimes focus on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, true. 
True. They focus True. on the thing that maybe doesn't matter as much. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever, ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Okay. Thank you. I'm about to begin. So I start now. Yeah. So basically what happened was that the federal government of Nigeria made a law, a new law through the central bank that all the banks in Nigeria should recapitalize. So everybody wanted money at the same time to recapitalize before a set date. If you don't recapitalize before that date, your license will be withdrawn. So at that point, I was already on internship with an asset manager in Lagos to in Ikoi Lagos too. Ikoi Lagos is like, how do I describe it? It's like, say, Midtown Manhattan or something of that sort or uh, yeah, something of that sort in America. So it's a major financial place. So I was an asset man, I was an, on internship then for my university, I was on an internship. So I was told to also participate, try to bring in clients, try to advise them on what to buy and what to sell. So there are several banks, over 10 banks were raising money at the same time, over 10 banks, so there was choice. But the irony was that all their prospectus appeared to have been written by the same person. Almost everything was equal. I mean, so if you are a real professional, there was little room for choice. But if you're coming from the outside, you will think that there is choice because there are 10 banks raising money at the same time. But in the real sense, there was no choice. They were all the same, same thing, the same financial analysis, same market, and they all made the same amount of money, 25 billion naira at that time. I mean, so at that point, I went out and began to scout for clients, make calls, cold calls, meet HNIs, high net worth individuals, try to meet people I know, people I don't know, try to build my network. I went to the official club of the company. Our club had a, it was a clubhouse, a golf course actually. So we're members of it. So I used to go there in the afternoon to go and sit back and talk to people who came to drink beer or to have lunch. So what happened was that I finally met this lady and she told me that she has two daughters and those daughters, one of them is going to be going to medical school to become a doctor later in the future. But this is all they had. This is all the money they had. This thousand dollars, that's all they had, which was not enough to help them out. Not enough to help them out to pay for medical school for the two of them. So... But she wanted to invest the money in the hope that by 2019, you'll have more money. Market would have gone up, capitalization would have gone up, prices would have gone up, so they could as well sell off and made more money to pay off the expense of the medical school. So that was the platform on which I met her, and that was our need. So I said, okay, that is fine. What we're going to do is to invest in um, a certain stock. I mean, it's, not, it's no longer a secret now because they've been in the market for a long while. First bank was selling for 33 naira per share. I mean, that was real cool price at that time. So I invested, I got the money from her. We invested, we split it, I split the money into two parts. There was also a medical diagnostic company that was on IPO at that time too. And they were offering the shares at like two naira to cover per share. But they had a large market. Nobody was, in, nobody was doing what they were doing. They had all the equipment, all the imaging technology they could find anywhere in Nigeria, the best they had in Nigeria then. 
So we are trying to get money to pay up debt and also to buy new machines and build more diagnosis centers across Lagos and across Nigeria. So it's a very good business concept in the first instance. So I split the money. I invested some in, in First Bank of Nigeria, the other half in you know, the diagnostic, the medical research company. So and I informed the lady we signed the agreement. She was pleased and she went home. And I also went back to my work and kept monitoring the investment. But in between, I met a manager, a senior manager, who told me that he thinks that the investment I made are a wrong investment, that I should have stuck with another bank called Guarantee Trust Bank, whose MD is a better person than the present MD of the stocks I invested in. So coming from him, it didn't sound too authoritative, like ask me to principally go and withdraw the money and put it in Guarantee Trust Bank. He didn't say that to me. But he was very passionate about how he felt that First Bank and you know, Diagnostic were going to be bad companies. So I thought in my mind that all these companies, I mean, for my level of skill, my level of skill, I thought that, that they were all the same thing that all I just need was just pick cherries and I'll be fine with them. So eventually, I was able to convince him that I think I'm a right investment. So he left me, he left me off the hook. I was fine. I was fine. I was able not to, he didn't drag the matter with me. So that was 2007. 2009, I was in Abuja, the Federal Capital Territory of Nigeria. So, um, 1,800 kilometers from Lagos when I had this call from the woman, from my client, my former client, saying that the daughter has passed the GCSE exams, the foundation exam for secondary school, and she'll be going to, and she got admission at the University of Debrecen in Hungary. So now she was even in need of much more amount of money than she thought because in the child school in Nigeria, it's not been cheap. But now the child is going to school in Hungary, in Europe. So I said, okay, don't worry, don't matter. In a year's time, we'll cash out the money and we'll pay you the fee for the admission process and for everything. And that was a great thing. Our money at that point had grown to, from $10,000, money had grown to roughly $57,000 at that point. Only for three months after, we had a general election in Nigeria. The president died. The president died. Or the president of the country just passed on and he died. They call him Musa Yaradua. He died. So the assistant now had to become president. And then there was a change in the central banking position. The change of central bank governor. He did not win a second term. So a new central bank governor came in. And the first thing he did was to say that some banks have been using the money for the capitalization for purposes that were not for banking. He said they invested in the oil sector, in the oil and gas importation sector, which was against the rule of the game. And he removed the bank MDs from their position, sacked them, and nationalized the banks. Within a period of a week, he nationalized the banks. These are publicly traded companies that were fit and firm and nationalized the banks. And so for First Bank, that same year as well, because of the troubles in the financial sector, the bad loans and everything that accumulated and the instability, they issued a profit warning for 
to say that they were not going to make as much money again, that they had a lot of bad debt to figure out with. The market sold out on them. Stocks that were selling for roughly 16 naira per share became to be sold for roughly 10 naira per share. And I had an urgent call from the investor money to pay for medical school and everything. That was how I was unable. The woman was, came to the office. She was in tears. She was desperate. She began to blame me and everything. Then my manager that, was, that told me that the stocks are going to go bad came back to me and said, Dickbo, I told you about this matter when we were investing this money, that this is a bad company to invest in. What are you going to do now? I mean, to be honest, when you invest in the stock market and you sign the papers, you bear the risk. You should bear the risk of the market because you are informed of the, of the risk. Nobody guaranteed you steady income. But this was a woman that, when she was investing with me, was also saying that she's investing with me because I'm a new person in the industry. I wanted me to have some record so that my bosses would um, be pleased with me. So as much as she wanted the money to increase in value, she also did it on a compassionate ground with me that she wanted me to succeed in my profession. So that created a very female bond between us. So she was not just like any other client. I couldn't tell her that, Madam, walk away from the investment, the bad investment. I couldn't tell that to her because she was really, really, after my success at that point in 2007 or 2006, when I started out in the industry. So I, and the child was also there. Admission time was almost closed, was almost closing. And it's very hard. Everybody knows anywhere in the world, medical students. Medical students are not allowed to, I mean, it's a very competitive sport. If you have a medical, a medical, um, admission, medical school admission, very competitive. So eventually, I had to speak with my parents and they came in, they came to meet my manager and the manager was, even that manager was giving them assurances now that the, that the stock was going to increase in the future, that they should be patient, that they should be patient and where they meeting my parents and myself, because my parents were my referee. I myself and the woman in question, the investor in question. So my parents decided to take up the investment. The stocks were crossed into their own account and they paid the woman off by the sum of $40,000 from $30,000 she invested three years ago. So they paid her the $40,000 and she went and she was able to survive. So my parents told me that, therefore, we have paid this debt for you. They are going to pay us back this morning. We are going to pay us back this morning. And I said, yes, man, I work hard in the company. I'll try to, I hope that the shares will grow and go on. Only for, and that's of the problem, the temporary problem of the investor problem. Only for us to go into the future and the stocks began to lose value, more and more value, more and more value, more and more value to the point that my parents had to sell one of their properties, one of their houses, to pay off the bank loan they used to pay off the woman. So we lost a lot of money on the investment. Right now, the investment is selling for three naira mm. per share, from six naira per share to three naira, compared 60 to three. That is how much loss we came by. So what I learned in the whole matter, I mean, it was a very 
time of, I mean, it was a very time when we had really bad time in the, my family. Yeah. I mean, we could barely get over it. So what I learned is that um, enthusiasm is good when you're new in the business. Enthusiasm is very good. You need the drive of enthusiasm to drive you to do great things. But skill is better. You can never buy experience and skill. Because my manager was skillful. He had spent more time in the industry than me. So he knew all the players in the industry than me. So that was why I was able to make a better decision than I could make at that point in my career. So it was a stepping stone for me to learn a lot. So I had all the enthusiasm in the world. In fact, to be honest, they gave us targets to meet. I met my target. He didn't make his, meet his own target. He kept saying that he could not find a good investment to put the money in, so he could not advise clients to put their money in. And the company, the MD was really cross with him, but because he was a long-time staff, we could not do anything about it. But I met my target for my enthusiasm, but I lacked the skill to know which investment, who is a good person in the market, which is a bad company in the market, which company is well-managed, which country is well-managed. So that's what, I, that's what happened it. to me. Got it. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Here are some of the lessons that I take away from that. First thing is the, the lesson, of course, of diversification and wanting to own many assets. The problem in Nigeria and many other countries is that there aren't a lot of stocks to invest in. But yes, that's, yeah. that's a problem that everybody faces in that kind of a market. But the other thing that this is going to... And also in most countries that are emerging countries, banks are a major sector in the stock market. And the governments want to list the banks in the stock market so that investors will look after the banks and, you know, be kind of a, a second eye on the banks besides a regulator. But what I've learned over the years is I don't invest in banks anymore, particularly because now even more so banks are just an arm of the government and the government can do anything they want with banks. And therefore, you can have things happen to them that wouldn't happen with a traditional company. And that's the reason why I've, the lesson I've learned, and this kind of reminds me, is that banks are very high risk, you know. And also, because banks have a very low amount of capital compared to a normal company, even a small mistake by a bank can cost a huge amount in the share price. Is there anything else that you would, that you would add? My feedback is about diversification and banks. Anything else you would yeah, add? Of course, you're very correct about diversification and investing in the banking sector because a bank is, to be honest, I think credit business and bank business is a bad business to invest in because people loan money, they, they don't want to pay you back. I mean, you give them money, they don't want to pay you back, especially in undeveloped economies or less developed economies where there is little credit ratings. Just give money blindly out. Give money out blindly to, your, to whoever comes to you. Mm. Once they fulfill some minimum ex expectations of them, which they can lie about. So, to be honest, I think I made a mistake. I mean, investing in banks because there was a cement company I could have invested in, not an Nigerian cement company that is that used to sell for three naira and went on to thirty-three naira. But the banks were flashy, were really flashy, patronizing me, mm. really advertising the media. So they looked to be very good to a young mind at that point. So I see that as uh, very true. So let me ask you, based on what you learned from that experience and what you continue to learn, 
what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And I'd like you to think about a young man or woman who is in the same situation. They're a first time investor of other people's money. What one piece of advice would you give them? It's what I would give you is that number one, trust is key. Trust is key. Because at a point, the woman, the woman husband, the father of the children, went around and was saying that I did not even invest the money, that he does not believe I invested the money, that this and that, that and that. But the woman was like, she was playing out for me, she was showing him all the contract notice, the bought contract notice, all the signatures and everything, and all those that, that don't you go out and disgrace this guy, don't you go out and say this about this company, that they are very trustworthy, they did this business for me, but things have gone wrong now, I have to sit down and settle the matter. So trust is key. You have to get your investor to believe you. I mean, in your dealings with them, no matter how short it is, make sure that they can trust you, that you don't put the wrong feet across to them, that you're always right at all, all, all the time. Trust is key. Mm. Because without trust, and even, yeah, and even eventually when my parents got involved as my referees, it was the trust of, and documentation too, Never play with your documentation. Make sure you keep records of every single transaction. Mm-hmm. Keep records of it, personal records of it in your own domain, apart from the company records. Because without the records, my parents would have thought that I actually collected money and I spent it or used right. it for something else or put in another investment that was yielding me private returns. Because of the documentation they saw, extensive documentation, that what I got right in that transaction. Extensive documentation all the time, all the, all the calls, all the time I called her was written in a formal notice and filed in appropriate departments with compliance officers. So trust is very key. Great. Trust and documentation. Documentation is very key. Yeah, documentation Got is very it. key. Great, great yeah. advice. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal for the next 12 months is to return to the asset management world. I want to go above... I've been talking to Palladium Impact Investing. So I want to go into impact investing. And I think that if I'm able to get a role in impact investing, I'll be very, very pleased. I'll Got be it. very, very pleased. So I'm working towards it, actively working towards it. Yep. Impact investing is a new wave. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's a new wave. Yeah. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Deepo, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I want to congratulate you for being one of the brave people who is willing to turn your worst investment into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the listeners? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for accepting me, for listening to me, listening out to me. So keep doing your thing. Be brave. Be brave. It's a new world we're living in. Opportunities are abounding. I said to somebody who just graduated that all the opportunities that are available right now, because they could intern now, now in Nigeria or in Africa, Internship is now becoming popular across the countries. That all the purchases I never had is now beginning to be present steadily, slowly but steadily. It might be at laser speed. I mean, it takes years to, for that to happen, but it's slowly beginning to happen. So that just be hopeful and be open about the future, and the future is bright. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.